We have to go back! Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are going to review the 2001 reboot of another movie by the same name, Ocean's Eleven. Because in case you've been out in an actual ocean for the last several months, there's an Ocean's spinoff happening called Ocean's Eight. It is a whole bunch of people heisting another thing. And this movie is the world in which it is spinning off of. So instead of trying to work really hard and trying to find a movie that was about heists and also had numbers in them, we just decided to go and look at the original. Um, The primary cast of Snow White has eight people. Right? But there's no heist in any of them. I don't know. They... Steal a lot of diamonds. <laughs> oh, we should have done Snow White. This is a missed opportunity. Wow. But instead, in case you don't know, uh, the movie's called Ocean's Eleven because the leader's name is Danny Ocean. And there's 11 of them. Yeah, it's a possessive S. Yes. Now, it was originally a remake of the 1960s film starring Frank Sinatra and The Rat Pack. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys. What's that? You don't? So the Rat Pack consisted of Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lawford, and Joey Bishop. Yeah, they were really the cool kids in town. Uh, yeah. They had Vegas shows. They they had cultivated this entire personality around the, the high life, basically. Like, just being cool, don't get flustered, very Vegas lifestyle, so... Uh, yeah. It makes a lot of sense that Ocean's Eleven would be the, the film that kind of captured all that. Yes, the original uh, Ocean's Eleven um, 1960s heist film, basically the same thing, except um, less Topher Grace. Mm. It centered around a series of Las Vegas casino robberies, and everyone just looked real cool doing it. And um, at the time, the original... Uh, Ocean's Eleven was a box office success. I mean, back in the day, it didn't really take a lot to be a box office success because it made $5 million, and that was fine with everyone. Oh, that's so much less than what they stole. (laughs) So the Ocean's Eleven reboot ended up becoming an Ocean's Eleven trilogy and ended up outliving um, its original predecessor in Legacy, but the first film only focuses on Danny, an ex-con, fresh out of prison, approaching his buddy Rusty about performing a monumental heist, and it's to rob the central vault of three Las Vegas casinos at the same time so that they could, you know, get a little over $160 million, which is way more than what the original movie uh, made in the box office. They yeah. gather 11 people. My favorite line in the scene was, all right, we got 10. You think 10's enough? I think 10's good. You think we need one more? Let's get one more. <laughs> I was just like, uh, perfect. <laughs> so uh, they get 11 like-minded heist humans, and they pull off a great heist many heists including one of the heart of danny's ex-wife tess he stole her heart back 
Yeah, and this this movie really is built around the cast, though, just like the original was. And this has everybody. It's got Batman. It's got mm-hmm. Batman's younger brother. It's got <laughs> the Vanisher. It's got Tinkerbell. It's got Loki's stunt double. It's got War Machine. It's insane. It's the who's whom of Hollywood. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's got Venom. It's got Venom. You're right. It does have Venom. It has uh, Walter Bishop's son from Fringe. It has the the guy from the last 30 seconds of Passengers. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone. It's got Ross Geller's dad. <laughs> You're right. And it has that casino that people go to. It's got that casino. Oh, we got that casino. Oh, we got it. Uh, so Ocean's Eleven had a budget of about $85 million, uh, which we are told um, that they didn't uh, steal from a casino. And its opening weekend, it did about $38 million, And it was the top of the box office that weekend. But overall, it grossed worldwide $450 million. That's several more millions than what they were even pulling off in the film. Now, normally, this is the part where we go into fun facts, but a majority of the fun facts are around casting, and there are 11 more uh, casting things uh, than I'm used to researching, so I'm not going to have all the fun facts here, but I'm going to have some of my favorites, so if you would like to steal some knowledge from the internet, go go, go to IMDb. Uh, so, first casting thing that I thought was very interesting was that Ocean's Eleven's Matt Damon's character, Linus Caldwell, mm-hmm. was meant for Mark Wahlberg. But old Marky oh. Mark decided to turn it down so that he could star in Planet of the Apes. Oh, that that was the right call. Yeah. And he actually was kind of uh frustrated uh with how <laughs> the press junket went. Uh he kept on saying Something to the effect of, yes, the movie didn't do as well as Ocean's Eleven, but it was worth it not having to talk about how great everyone was on set because that's what everyone was saying in the press junkets for Ocean's Eleven. Everyone's just like, oh, everyone's great. Everyone's great. Everyone's great. Everyone's great. And and, and Mark Wahlberg did not care for that. Wow. Burn to his castmates from <laughs> Planet of the Apes. It's like the nice thing about working on Planet of the Apes is I don't have to tell everybody how great they are. I mean, he had no idea that Oceans would become a trilogy. I'm sure he believed that Planet of the Apes would become a trilogy, and it would, just not his. Yeah. (laughs) It's just not what was going to the happening for him. See how I did that? See how I flawlessly fit in that reference? Another fun fact is that the Bellagio uh, let the crew tap into their actual security system so they could get real surveillance footage of the casino. Wow. And if that doesn't sound like a heist within a heist, it really I does. don't. Yeah, just let us uh, use your security system for the movie. Oh, <laughs> you man. know. The making of Ocean's Eleven is just another story about how they robbed a casino to make a movie about robbing a casino. Oh, man. And my last two fun facts revolve around Julia Roberts. Now, Julia Roberts said in an interview that she fell asleep twice watching the original Ocean's Eleven, which, you know, it's great. (laughs) And George Clooney actually is responsible for getting Julia Roberts involved in the movie because 
he sent her a script with a $20 bill attached and a note saying, I hear you're getting 20 a picture now. This, of course, being a joke because Julia Roberts was one of the highest paid actresses getting $20 million per picture. Per picture. That's so many millions. That's way more millions than the original Ocean's Eleven cast even wanted to heist, which is probably why she fell asleep. She's like, oh, what is it? Five million? I'm going to go take a nap. Like, How many dollars are in the world? <laughs> I also love, uh, I, I, this is a fun fact I picked up way back when, but just the, the food that Brad Pitt is eating. At the beginning of every scene, when you see him in a new location, he's eating something. I was like, what a what a fun thing. Have you seen the mashup of Brad Pitt eating things? <laughs> he 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 just does it in every film. <laughs> a lot of films he's just always eating something. Uh, and fun fact about this movie in particular, in the scene where he's eating shrimp, he ate 40 shrimp. Whoa. It's like a flamingo. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said, Let me be the shrimp counter on this production. And they did. They did the job. <laughs> 40 shrimp. All right, now we're going to go into our reactions. Now, Grayson, when was the first time that you first saw Ocean's Eleven? I don't think I saw Ocean's Eleven in theaters, but it was probably when it first came out on home video. I I saw it around the time that it released, uh, and I remember thinking that it was just the coolest thing. I I didn't fully understand all the distraction then, I I think. Uh, I was basically just taking everything at face value and just knew that they knew what they were doing so for me the most memorable part was the acrobat like being a contortionist in the actual case and then like he does that flip that's always been the most memorable thing of the whole movie looking back on it though i was like oh this this had a lot of layers to it that i don't think i fully understood I did recently get to see the last 45 minutes of this movie in a hospital room, but I didn't have all of the setup. And it turns out that the setup's pretty important. Yeah. No, the setup, like, if you, if we were just to watch the heist itself, it's like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, the setup is so, so good. So, surprisingly, this is my first time watching Ocean's Eleven. Really? Yeah. Uh, it came out in 2001. And I, I want to say I was in middle school, and I was yet to watch movies that weren't about superheroes. It was also, honestly, a weird point in time where I was only just recently becoming aware of actors, if that makes sense. Like, mm. I don't think I was like, hey... I knew that person's name. I think the only actors I was familiar with was like Will Smith and Jim Carrey. And like those are like the only movies I really watched. Like, oh, I like those guys. So it came out at a time before I would see it in theaters like by myself because I don't even know if I was 13 at the time. But anyway, I just never saw it. I just have never seen it up until today. So thanks, Ocean's 8. This movie did a really cool thing that I really just want to geek out about. This movie is an exercise in giving the minimal amount of information you need to tell a story. They don't bog you down with a lot of backstory. They don't even bog you down with a ton of voiceover, which I thought they were. They say, great, this guy gets out of jail. He's going to pull off a heist. 
oh, well, we need a lot of people to pull off this heist. Great. I know 11 people. He meets those people. He gets them enrolled. They go through. They say, we're going to pull off this heist. We're going to set this up, and it's going to be great. Then we only see what we need to see of him and his relationship with Julia Roberts, and then we see the heist, and we see all the different moving cogs and wheels and everything like that, and then they do it, and it's so exciting, and it's so much fun. I... Anytime there's like a movie with technology involved, I always want to see like how well it um, handles technology and time. And this movie did a real good job. Like they they weren't relying a ton on technology in order for them to pull off the heist. Whereas movies like Mission Impossible um, do, and sometimes it just it dates it a little bit. But they weren't trying to be futuristic with all their heists they made it feel like a classic just sleight of hand movie it's just like watching a visual magic trick the whole time and i just i just loved it i loved how often they just used misdirection just like hey look over here and then people would just walk by or they would try to like just do just the smallest of things i'm like oh that's so so good oh Man, like when when they when they did the reveal of like, wait, do you see the Bellagio on the placemat in front? front? I was like, yeah. what are you saying to me? <laughs> that was so smart. I never would have thought of that. Oh, anyway, it, it was really fun. I, I loved it. All right, Grayson. Mm -hmm. I have um, some very important information I need to let you know. Okay? All right. Just look All at right. me, okay? Like you have okay. to be very... Very smooth with this, okay? Mm -hmm. You okay. look down, they know you're lying. You look up, right. oh. they know that you don't know the truth. So don't use seven words when four will do. Don't shift your weight. Look always at your mark, but don't stare. Be specific, but not memorable. Be funny, but don't make him laugh, okay? He's got to like you, then forget you the moment you've left his side. And whatever you do, under any circumstances. The rest of that line was launched into some head cannon. Who's the he you're referring to? <laughs> Mr. Cannon, the guy who owns all the casinos. <laughs> yes, Headcan is a part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Now, Grayson. Yeah, Ricky. I want you to go first because I all have right. one piece of Headcanon that mm -hmm. I think would just ruin your day if I got it. I, I'm going to keep this real simple. Okay. Ocean's Eleven is a sequel to Fight Club. Ooh. All of these personalities are actually fractured personalities of Edward Norton's psyche, which is why he has the knowledge of the ballistics and all of the uh, the schematics and things like that from when he renovated his house. So uh, this is a an extension of Project Mayhem, that Edward Norton is so far gone that he is actually uh, fractured beyond just uh, beyond just the initial personality. So. Yeah. Whoa, that's way better than what I was going to say. Well, the question becomes, how can one man pull this whole thing off? And the answer is that Benedict is also one of his personalities. <laughs> what about Julia Roberts? Also a personality. <laughs> and the Bellagio. One of his personalities is a casino. <laughs> The whole thing just took place in his apartment. Wow. Wow, that's really good. Probably really easy to poke holes in, but definitely fun to think about. Well, 
my headcanon, it, it did have a Fight Club tie-in. However, I thought about this kind of through the lens of Doctor Who. So, uh, Whovians, hi, how's it going? Welcome. So, in the world of Doctor Who, the Doctor can regenerate his body, um, but we kind of learn through the mythos that when he does regenerate, he usually regenerates in the image of someone else who already does exist in the world. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I kind of thought of it in those lenses. So we see Brad Pitt in Fight Club as a manifestation of Edward Norton's character's psyche, right? Right. So he's this very cool, very macho, very sleek clean guy i think that's because he saw someone who made that impression on him and that is rusty Mm, so he met rusty at some point yeah he's i think he saw rusty pull off a heist somewhere and he's like that guy is so cool and that just stuck with him head cannon head cannon ricky tell me is there a flashback flicks symbol on the floor grayson no it was taken out on tuesday I guess they recasted the floor. What a terrible intro. (laughs) I'm going to leave the intros to you. No, that was great. I like it. Recasted the floor. (laughs) So this is a section of the show where we like to talk about if this movie were to be remade today, who would you cast and what would the storyline be? Uh, And with Ocean's 8, uh, that basically. I also would love like the, the, the ensemble cast of movies i i just i love it i i love ensemble yeah. cast i think it's great i think it's a great way to really see a lot of great actors at their height uh mm-hmm. doing what they do best and interacting with other characters it's almost like basically you know the avengers is what the avengers gives you every time or a lot of the marvel movies give you it's just like wow we're seeing all these really great actors and these really great characters intertwined um i would love to see uh the cast of avengers infinity war Mm -hmm. uh i just want to watch avengers infinity war again because in really is that not oceans 11 oh no i would love to see they're all in costume as the marvel heroes yep uh but in a casino trying to rob thanos oh yes yeah Hmm. yep Mm -hmm. i would love to see that um more specifically I want to see an Ocean's Eleven, Fast and Furious, National Treasure crossover where they steal the seven wonders of the world all at the same time. And I don't know how they do it, but it happens and I'm excited about it. I live my life one franchise at a time. (laughs) Family. Yeah, I I just think that that storyline would be real fun. I think an Ocean's Eleven series would be really fun, but I every season it's just vantage point, basically. Yeah, no, that would be interesting. You see it from each of their perspectives. Who would you cast as like the the main Ocean? I I'm partial to Frank Ocean, the artist. I think he would be great. Frank Ocean's Eleven. Oh, mm. um, <laughs> but I I really think like just that Frank Ocean character. I would love Idris Elba. I feel like Idris Elba, I would love to see an all-English actor. An all-English production. Yeah, Across the Ponds 11. You you did it! 
so my recast and my remake go pretty hand in hand because I would like to see them remake it with an even more of a comedy slant because the whole thing is that these guys are very cool uh, and it's got a very action heisty feel, rightfully so. But I, th- I think you can actually make it funnier. Like they're still experts. They're not goofs or anything like that. But there is a lot of opportunity for these uh, personalities to kind of uh, create sparks between one another. And uh, I try to think of groups that uh, are like the Rat Pack, where you had um, personalities already established as being connected to one another. So that's why I was thinking like the Lonely Island crew in all of their SNL connections would be a really great uh, way to fill out the cast. So you'd have like you know a- Andy, Yorma, Kiva, like all of them would be together. So you'd have all those Lonely Island guys. But then for Danny Ocean, uh, you would have Justin Timberlake. Uh, to kind of keep the the cool factor in there, uh, and but you, then you'd also have like uh, Bill Hader and and Fred Armisen, and all all of them could fill out the cast. So with your recast and remake, the heist is them bringing sexy back. Save it for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now we're gonna go to our final segment where we reveal to you how we pulled off this review with our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend the 2001 Ocean's Eleven? I'd recommend Ocean's Eleven because even if you have seen it before, chances are you don't remember all the details because there are so many details. I also feel like it's been a long time since we've seen this group of actors together, and I'm just now realizing how much it probably hurt Ben Affleck's feelings to have all of his friends and his own brother make a movie without him. Uh, But it really is a great cast. Uh, It's a fun story, and it's got enough of a twist to really keep you interested uh, throughout the whole thing. So I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, and I have not seen Ocean's 12 and 13, but this movie made me want to go see those, uh, especially before I go and see Ocean's 8, which I definitely want to see. Yeah, I I really like this movie, and it was really fun to see a heist movie that it felt like a lo-fi heist movie. Um, and and I, I know I brought it up earlier, but like, man, I just it's so interesting to see what is capable of being achieved without like a ton of technology. I, I think especially nowadays with a lot of spy movies or movies like that, it's like, oh, yeah, we have the latest, greatest future bleep bleep bloop technology that will man, it'll do whatever your brain imagines. Um, and it's usually leaning on that technology, but man, these guys are just like talking to people and having people's look somewhere different. And I'm just like, this is so cool. Or like, yeah, the, the giant electro bomb is like the biggest thing that they really have to use technology wise, but that's purely so that Matt Damon and George Clooney can just drop past lasers. Yeah. Like they don't come up with some specialized thing to target the lasers. And when they block the security cameras, it's like, "Mm, how can we do this? Let's just release a bunch of balloons Balloons. up style (laughs) and totally block it out. And it's like, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. The lo-fi element creates a level of charm for this movie. Absolutely. And the tension is there. Like it's just, it's a really fun movie and I'd recommend it if you really enjoy uh, those kind of action heist movies, but it's not as violent. Um, like usually with a heist movie of this caliber, there are significant 
lead more deaths. Um, but I was really impressed with just like how like fun and charming the movie was. And it's just a good time. So if you want to see this movie, then you should highly recommend it. All right. We did it. And they truly were Ocean's Eleven. Bum, 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 bum. Your check bum. is in your Water, 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 water. <laughs> so let us know what you love about Ocean's Eleven. On Twitter, we are at Flashback Flicks. We really do like talking to you over there and hearing your thoughts and telling us and the rest of the internet, how you'd pull off a heist. Don't do that. We don't want to be connected. Um, it's incriminating. <laughs> but we would love it if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to us. It would be the equivalent of $160 million. That's so many millions. Uh, just one review from you it would mean that much to us. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll even split the millions with you. On a scale of one to five oceans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. how, how, how would you rate Atlantic, it? Atlantic, Indian. Oceans yeah. five, oceans mm -hmm. one. Oceans one through five. I really wish we could make the scale one to 11. But math is in our way once again. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. We are going to review a movie starring Samuel L. Jackson working with a team of superheroes. That's right. We're reviewing The Incredibles. The Incredibles, huh? Is this our first Pixar movie? It's also our first Fantastic Four movie. <laughs>